Welcome to Season 6 of the Marrow Masters Podcast Series, sponsored by the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, Insight Corporation, and Cadman. The National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, established in 1992, strives to help patients, caregivers, and their families cope with the psychosocial challenges of transplant, from diagnosis through survivorship. This season focuses on advice for dealing with GVHD from both patients and healthcare professionals. Here's your host, Executive Director of the NBMT Link, Peggy Burkhardt. Welcome, everyone. This series focuses on all things GVHD. We're going to peel back the layers, talk to experts and patients alike about their struggles, victories, their best tips, and so much more. So get ready. Get ready to be inspired, educated, and updated on this tricky disease. GVHD might be a part of your life post-transplant, but we want you to be encouraged that it most likely is temporary. We'll learn from healthcare professionals and survivors in this season who want to share with you so you can beat GVHD and thrive despite it. You'll appreciate their grit, honesty, and determination to help you live your best life with their guidance and experiences. So today we welcome Dr. Catherine Lee, an assistant professor of medicine in the Division of Hematology BMT at the Huntsman Cancer Center, University of Utah. Dr. Lee's clinical expertise is in autogalous and allogeneic transplants for the treatment of blood diseases in adult patients. She also oversees the clinical CAR-T cellular therapy program. Dr. Lee also runs a chronic graft-versus-host disease and long-term follow-up program which is designed to provide medical care specific to patients with chronic GVHD and late effects of transplantation. Her research includes clinical trials for chronic GVHD and optimizing the health of post-transplant patients. Welcome, Dr. Lee. Let's talk GVHD from your highly professional perspective, and let's also cover what is new and on the horizon. Peggy, let me start by saying thank you for inviting me to speak today. It's a pleasure to be able to inform our audience about updates in chronic GVHD treatment. Off the bat, I want to tell our listeners that there is a lot to be hopeful for, as we may have several new drugs available in the near future for steroid refractory or advanced chronic GVHD. The field is also making steady headway in the prevention of graft-versus-host disease, and we are developing innovative regimens for the initial treatment of chronic GVHD. Wow, this is so exciting, Dr. Lee. Let's talk about chronic GVHD and the role it plays all too often in transplant. Sure. Chronic GVHD remains a predominant cause of late morbidity and death, not due to relapse for both children and adults for allogeneic or donor transplant. The underlying problem in chronic GVHD is immune dysregulation of the donor immune cells in the host or the patient, leading to organ injury. Chronic GVHD is characterized by a combination of tissue inflammation and fibrosis, which can occur in one organ or among multiple organs. And this immune dysfunction can lead to other complications, including mild or serious infections and a host of other organ toxicities in some people. Organs such as the skin, the joints, liver, the gastrointestinal tract, and the lung can be damaged by chronic GVHD. While not occurring in everyone, chronic GVHD can lead to, in some patients, physical pain, inability to function on a daily basis, and other downstream effects, such as depression, inability to work, disruption of financial relationship, emotional and mental health. That is why we must find more effective strategies to prevent and treat chronic GVHD. 
Oh, Dr. Lee, I could not agree with you more. We hear so many of these complaints from patients. So now let's talk about steroids. Yes. That is something we often hear about, the love-hate and everything in between. So yes, Peggy, for the past 40 years, systemic corticosteroids have been the first-line therapy in patients with chronic GVHD. However, only 50% of patients started on steroids have a response approximately six to nine months into treatment. When chronic GVHD progresses, or if there's an incomplete response to therapy with steroids, we call this steroid refractory chronic GVHD. Some patients may develop a flare of their chronic GVHD once steroids begin to taper down, or they may be dependent on higher doses of steroids and a longer duration of steroids to keep their chronic GVHD under control. This is what we call steroid dependency. Exposure to these high doses or long duration of corticosteroids is not ideal, as steroids have many short and long-term toxicities to patients' physical and mental health. Therefore, the goal has been to develop treatment strategies that spare patients from steroids. Absolutely. So what can we do? What has been used in the last several years, perhaps, that might make a difference for steroid use? Right. So there are many second-line treatments which exist to treat chronic GVHD. Some common treatments include extracorporeal photophoresis, low-dose methotrexate, mycophenolate mofetil, sirolimus, rituximab, just to name a few. However, there is not one class of immunosuppressive compounds that has consistently produced a substantial response or steroid-sparing effect. And up until 2017, there was no standard of care treatment for steroid-resistant or steroid-dependent chronic GVHD. It was like a dealer's choice. But in 2017, abrutinib was the first FDA-approved drug for steroid refractory chronic GVHD. And this approval was based upon results from a phase 1b2 trial, which tested the safety and efficacy of this agent in patients who had failed at least one line of therapy for chronic GVHD. 42 patients were enrolled in this trial, and they had either skin or mouth involvement. The overall response rate was 76%, so that's, that's really good. 71% of patients who responded showed a sustained response for 20 or more weeks. And side effects to abrutinib were most commonly just fatigue, diarrhea, muscle spasms, nausea, and bruising. So abrutinib was FDA approved. It is commercially available now, and it is also being evaluated for the prevention of chronic GVHD and for the first line treatment of chronic GVHD. In addition to abrutinib, we may have two more new approved agents before the end of 2021. This is really exciting. The first drug that may be approved is called ruxolitinib, and it is in the class of JAK1 inhibitors. In a recent multi-center randomized trial called REACH3, ruxolitinib at a dose of 10 milligrams twice a day was compared with best available therapies. So those were the therapies I just alluded to above, such as rituximab, extracorporeal photophoresis, methotrexate. So ruxolitinib was compared against these best available therapies in 329 patients with very severe steroid refractory or steroid-dependent chronic GVHD. The primary goal of the study was to determine the overall response rate of chronic GVHD at six months. Patients who received ruxolitinib had an overall response rate of about 50% 
compared to about 25% in the best available therapy arm. Also, among the patients treated with ruxolitinib, 24% had an improvement in symptoms by the Lee Symptom Score Survey, which is sort of um, a survey that assesses patients' symptoms, mental symptoms, cognitive symptoms, physical function symptoms associated with chronic GVHD. And so again, in this study, patients who received ruxolitinib, 24% had improvement in these symptoms compared with only 11% of those treated with best available therapy. So this trial shows that ruxolitinib is superior to the current standard of care, which is any best available therapy for patients with severe steroid refractory or steroid-dependent chronic GVHD. The second agent that is soon to be approved is called Belumosidil, or formerly known as KDO25. It is a ROC2 inhibitor that has both anti-inflammatory and anti-fibrotic actions in chronic GVHD. In another multicenter randomized trial called the ROCKSTAR trial, Belumosidil, at a dose of 200 milligrams, was given once a day or twice a day to 132 patients whose chronic GVHD didn't respond to two to five lines of prior therapy. The overall response rate for those receiving Belumosidil once daily was 73% and 77% for patients taking it two times a day. The duration of response, the median duration of response was 50 weeks, and 60% of patients maintained their response for more than 20 weeks. So this is really, really encouraging. You know, duration of response is very important in chronic GVHD trials. And so when we see a duration of response about 12 months is really, really encouraging. The most common side effects to this medication, Belumosidil, was diarrhea and nausea. I do have a question, if I could. Yeah. When you say the duration is 50 weeks, would it be better if the duration was shorter or longer? So the duration of response, longer is always better. Okay. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. So that's almost a year. That's wonderful. Correct. And so in addition to that, there are other therapies being tested for steroid refractory chronic GVHD that I'll briefly mention. Another agent is called axotilumab. It is a CSF1R antagonist that is being studied in patients with chronic GVHD in a history of two or more lines of systemic therapy. Glasagib is another drug in the class of hedgehog inhibitors. It is also under evaluation for sclerodermatous chronic GVHD that didn't respond to at least one line of systemic therapy. In addition to these agents for steroid refractory chronic GVHD, we are also evaluating novel treatment approaches that use little or no systemic steroids for newly diagnosed chronic GVHD. This was an important objective discussed at the recent 2020 Chronic GVHD National Institutes of Health Consensus Conference. One study is called the Gravitas 309, and it is currently recruiting patients to receive a drug called itacitinib versus no itacitinib, or placebo, with steroids for newly diagnosed chronic GVHD. The hope is that itacitinib will be effective against chronic GVHD and allow the treating physician to taper off systemic steroids quickly and without concern for chronic GVHD recurrence. So there are other smaller clinical trials testing steroid-free approaches, such as one that I recently developed using itacitinib and extracorporeal photophoresis for newly diagnosed moderate to severe chronic GVHD. Oh my goodness, this is really incredible. 
I'm wondering if you could have imagined that you would be here with all of this. I'm guessing this is just incredible progress in a short amount of time. Is that true, Dr. Lee? Yeah, I'd have, you know, definitely this represents a major change in what we have available for us to treat and manage chronic GVHD. I just think of all the people that are going to feel so much hope in understanding what you're presenting today. And we all know that clinical trials are the future. They're so very important. So let's talk a little bit more about clinical trials. I know you've hit on it already, but I don't think we can get enough about this. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, there are a few things I'd like to say. We are definitely making strides in the treatment of chronic GVHD, just like you mentioned. However, it's also important for us to recognize that local immunosuppressive therapies, such as topical creams, um, solutions that patients may use for any oral GVHD uh, in the mouth, these local immunosuppressive therapies are also really important successfully managing chronic GVHD. We plan to see a lot more efficacious weapons against chronic GVHD by the end of the year. And we really look forward to seeing more clinical trials in the steroid refractory setting and the upfront treatment and prevention setting so that all patients can avoid steroid toxicity and live better free of debilitating chronic GVHD. So I want to encourage our patients who are listening to this podcast to seek out clinical trials. There may be one available that could be a benefit to you. It is your participation in these trials that allow safe and more efficacious treatments for chronic GVHD to become a reality. For sure. Wow. So thank you so much, Dr. Lee, for your incredible insight today. Do you have any final thoughts, any, maybe a patient story or anything you want to touch on as you're leaving people with so much hope for the future? My goal for what I wanted to discuss today was to give our audience a hope for a brighter future. And I want to let them know that the transplant community understands their struggles, is listening, is empathetic, and is invested in winning this war against chronic GVHD. With my own patients who have chronic GVHD, you know, I'm excited to bring them to these clinical trials uh, that we have at the University of Utah. I think our patients really look forward to trying something new, a different strategy to combat their chronic GVHD without having to use high doses and long periods of steroids. Because as you've mentioned before, they know, we know that these steroids are just, they're not ideal. Mm -hmm. I actually wanted to say one other thing, if I could. Yeah, I was a part of that NIH GVHD symposium last fall. And it was during COVID. It was tough. And I just want everyone to know that's listening to this, to have doctors like Dr. Lee that are out there and not just not just taking care of their patients, but understanding that there are so many people that don't maybe have the access to a bigger center and just need to be educated. And I was floored by the amount of time that dozens of doctors like Dr. Lee gave of themselves to help patients in general to try to find the answers they need. And there were also different nonprofits and organizations all working together to fight this fight. And I personally want to thank you, Dr. Lee, for being a part of that. Thank you, Peggy. And I'd like to thank the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link for the opportunity to share these thoughts today. Oh, you are so welcome. This is going to be 
Wonderful. And we'll include a lot of the drug names and some links in the show notes. So if someone's listening to this and there was no way they could write all this down, if they go to the show notes, they'll be able to find out more about all of this, which is always nice. Great. Thank you again, Dr. Lee. Thank you, Peggy. This has been the Marrow Masters Podcast. Feel free to share this episode via text, email, or social media. Don't miss an episode. Follow Marrow Masters in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to connect with the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, visit nbmtlink.org or click on the link in our show notes.